This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm really excited to have Nate here. We just learned that we are both here in Colorado, and uh, that's really cool. So welcome, Nate. Thanks. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. That's so cool. So why don't you just start um, sort of at the beginning for you? Like, I don't know, your first drink or high school or earlier, where it all kind of started. Sure. Um, I guess I guess important background to know is that I didn't really uh, drink much, maybe, maybe a drink or two, like, ever, before I was 21. Like, when I was in, in high school, I didn't drink. When I was in college... Um, I wasn't really the person who would who would go and get get drunk on the weekends or on Friday night or whatever. I was more the kind of person who um, would go and like hike a mountain in the middle of the night with my friends, and I loved that. Um, I loved I loved being that person that that was uh, didn't have to be dependent on alcohol to have a good time, um, and so yeah, that that's that's really my my background as far as that goes um uh my first my first like real drink was in december when i turned 21 um i was in engineering school and my friends weren't about to let me study my way it was it was finals week and they weren't about about to to let me study my way through my 21st birthday and so they they made me a cup of coffee with some baileys in it and that was my that was like really my first drink, my first actual drink, um, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> um, <and then laughs> That's I awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, beyond that, uh, the f- I mean, I guess the, I guess the first time I, I actually started drinking was like I once I had turned twenty one, I I drank here and there. Um, but the first time I actually like, like used, like remembered using alcohol, I guess in a negative way is, um, after I ran my first half marathon, this was in college and I didn't train that well. (laughs) And so it wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience. And I don't, I don't know why, but, but for some reason that day, I just, had it in my head that I was going to get drunk. And that was the first time that I did. It was on peppermint schnapps, which was an awful idea. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, I I got, I got um, far too inebriated. Um, You know, that was my first time being anything more than gypsy. So (laughs) you can, you can imagine how that went. Um, So. And this was after the running. So you're already dehydrated and all that sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. And yeah. then so for, from there, kind of how had the story continue? Sure. Uh, from there, I... Not, not all at once, but that was my introduction to alcohol and it's um, really effective ability to kind of suppress emotions for the time being or to yeah I think that's a good way to say it it's like 
if you want to turn your mind off for a second, you can drink. Um, and that was, that was really my first experience with that. Um, and through, through college, I, you know, alcohol was, was there, but never, uh, never really like a, a big, like I said, I, I wasn't, I wasn't that type of person. And, and I would say it, I really started to be, to, to be addicted to, to alcohol when, um, like I went, I went through, I went through a particularly emotional time. Um, there was, there was somebody in my life who just a, a good friend of mine who, who just like up and left. And, and I was, a, I was living alone at that point and, and, you know, had been, had been drinking for oh five years at that point. And so I knew, knew, all too well the effects of alcohol and what I could use it for and, and all of that. And, and this, this friend of mine just up and left and it, man, it, it really sent me into a tailspin. Um, and naturally, or maybe not, you know, I, I, maybe that's the wrong word for it, but um, I turned to alcohol to cope with my emotions. Um, yeah. As a lot of people do, right? But, but looking back on it, it, I don't know, just not, I just wish I had done it differently, you know? Uh, yeah. And I, that is really, I mean, pretty much every story has that point, whether it's very right. overt, like, okay, you remember somebody leaving or whether it's really just a little thing where all of a sudden you are, but when, when we start drinking to deal with emotions, to self-medicate, right. that is very often where we get out of the driver's seat and where we get into the passenger seat and start being taken for this ride that we never expected to be on. Right. Um, right. And so, so from there, uh, I mean, what that led to was, was depression, um, which is not, you know, like I'm the, I'm the fun loving kid who doesn't drink. Like how, how did this happen? You know? Um, and, and that was a really hard thing to admit. Uh, going, to, going to counseling for the first time was a really hard thing to admit. Um, but I finally, I finally got to the point where uh, my best friend at the, my best friend told me, like, you need to go see a therapist. I'm going with you if that's what it takes. Mm. And, and to have somebody that, that knows my life that, that well, um, and, and for him not to be scared to say something like that was really, really, um, the exact thing that I needed in that moment. Um, so, so I guess, I guess from there, uh, went, went through counseling, uh, you know, to, to deal with loss and grief and, uh, didn't really touch much on the alcohol subject, but I guess that that wasn't really the root cause. Um, so what, um, and, and slowly, but pretty consistently came out of my depression and, and, uh, you know, life was looking up. Um, and, and were you in college still at this time or had you graduated or what? This was, this was while I, uh, I had graduated. Sorry. Yeah. I was out of college by this point. Um, yeah. 
Um, and, and that was, let's see, that was probably five, four or five years ago now. Um, yeah. And so, so since then there have been, it feel, it feels like there's been a cycle. Like I've taken, there was one, one year I took nine months off from drinking. Um, but then, then there were, there were other, you know, seasons of my life where, where it would be, I felt like I needed alcohol to cope with the emotions again. Um, and, and so, so since then I knew that I, I knew that I was addicted, even, even though I had tried to, you know, I had given it up for, for pretty long periods of time. Um, but every time, every time I would start drinking again, there was still this, this, er um, part of me that was like, this is, this is all you need. And, you know, this is the way to handle your emotions. There's this, this allure to her, to alcohol that, um, that it had. And, and so I just kept, kept falling into the same old trap, you know, I'd have a bad day, come on, have a, have a beer, it would turn into five and, you know, feel like shit the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you know, every, every, maybe not everybody, but most people know what I'm talking about when, when I say that, um, it it really it it really was the way that I took the edge off of life for a long time. Um, the thing that recently, the thing that I um, that I guess recently there was a catalyst that that helped me make the decision that I didn't want to drink anymore ever. Um, and I guess, I guess to, to fully tell this story, I need to go back to when I was in college. I, you know, uh, when, I, well, when I was in college, midway through school, uh, my grandfather committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was difficult. Um, like anybody who has been touched by suicide knows, like that is, that is something that I don't wish on my worst enemies. Um, and, and that was really hard. And, and I, don't, I don't recall necessarily drinking a lot when that happened. I'm sure there were, there were days, um, but, but it wasn't, that wasn't like the moment that I remember using alcohol to cope with my emotions. It just, it just happened to fall in that same time period. Um, so fast forward to about two and a half months ago one of my close friends, uh, while, while he had been drinking a whole lot, attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just an attempt, thank God. Uh, he was admitted to a mental, mental health facility for a little bit and um, then, then spent some time with a substance, substance abuse counselor, which was, which was really, really good for him. Um, but, but the moment I got the call telling me that, that he had attempted suicide, there was something in my mind that, that was just like, this is it. Like that's, I I don't, I don't need this in my life anymore. If this is, if this is the kind of stuff that alcohol does to people, like, I don't, I don't need this in my life. Right. And, and it really got me thinking about you know I, I played the I played the tapes of 
the, the all the old tapes that we have of being drunk, right? Um, and I, I kind of made this mental checklist. And and the conclusion that I came to, which I think is is something that you you uh, say in the first couple of chapters of your book, is that alcohol takes more than it gives. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I've had I've had some really great times with friends drinking. Right. Like, but, but those moments are totally overshadowed by the moments in life where alcohol has just stolen something from me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I came to this realization, like I said, it, it, it was kind of a no brainer. It's like, why would I continue drinking if it just continues to be net negative in my life? It's, it's not adding, it's not adding value to my life overall. It's taking away. Um, yeah. And, and around this time, somebody had a few months before that, as somebody had recommended your book to me. Um, and, and I didn't read it, obviously. <laughs> um, and right around, right around the time where my friend attempted suicide, somebody else, a different friend of mine, uh, actually the friend that told me I needed to go to counseling back, way back when, he recommended this book to me. Um, and, you know, I, I thought I'd give it a shot. And, you know, I, I kind of come to my own conclusions about alcohol and, and, then, and then I started your book. And at that point, it was just confirmation of what I had, all, I had been feeling the whole time, right? It's, this isn't good for me and it's taken, taken more than it's given. And um, yeah, it, it, was, it was really just confirmation that, that this was what I needed to do in life. Um, and this is how I needed to handle alcohol. Um, yeah, so I guess for that, thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I didn't, it, it's, it's amazing to me how, it's amazing to me how society is so, is so willing to accept this one drug, right? And you, you, that's, that's a big part of, of what you've written about. It's, why this one? Why not? Why not crack? You know, like why? Why? Why this drug? Is it all of a sudden socially acceptable to do? Um, and and it's it's interesting too that that we as a society have decided to overlook how terrible it is. Um, and and I. It, it's, it just shocks me, like, realizing how, how, ter how terrible alcohol really is for the human body. Like, that, that's not something that's ever brought up in, in society, right? Um, and, I, you know, maybe it's because everybody wants a way to take the edge off. I, I don't know. Or I don't, I don't know the reason for that. But it, it just it fascinates me. It fascinates me. Yeah. It's incredible. And I think that 
if we, I always like to think, uh, you know, this example of, well, what would happen if with, we discovered alcohol today with everything we now know? Like if we had all the evidence, all the studies, and we just found it, like right. how would our society react? You know, we'd run the other way screaming. Right. We certainly wouldn't be like, okay, let's put this on advertisements that kids see, right. you know, and right. <laughs> that and, would never happen. And drink it around kids and drink it, our, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's such an interesting thing because I'm um, a little bit similar to you. I did drink in high school, but not all that much. Right. And, um, but then in college, I didn't drink all that much. And, and my husband, his first drink was when he was 21. Yeah. And so it was like this interesting thing of it still um, gets to you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter that you have a, childhood sort of, you know, addiction and, and something right. happened in childhood or something. It, it can just be like this very happy, low, go lucky, well-adjusted person. And yeah. then, yeah, it's just so interesting. Yeah. Well, I think part of the, part of the reason I was so prone to, to turn to alcohol to, to cope with emotions was my first job out of college was, was very pro-alcohol. It was an engineering firm and it was, you know, there was no ping pong table in the office, but there was a beer fridge, um, that sort of, that sort of office. And, and, you know, that was, that was, um, it was interesting. It was an interesting way for like an interesting transition from school where everybody was drinking to work where everybody was still drinking. But I thought in my mind, like once you left college, that stopped. And it wasn't uncommon to, you know, for people in the office, including me, to have three or four beers and sit the rest of the day at your desk doing nothing because you couldn't, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I won't mention them by name, but... <laughs> but Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, I think there's some crazy statistic about how many billions of hours are lost every year in the United States to... <laughs> productivity and like the financial burden, not only from lost productivity, which is just so interesting because alcohol like directly loses, like why, why would you run a business and like purposely make your employees unable to perform? I don't know. That wouldn't make sense, but um, I guess to attract the people who are already boozing. So like that also doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. There's why so many, so many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also just, um, I have a good friend who's a firefighter up in Fort Collins, actually, and he and I were talking about this one day about just um, his firehouse. I think there's 12 firehouses in Fort Collins, and it's about a city of, I think, 100,000 people about. So it's a relatively small city. Right. And his firehouse takes 3,000 calls a year about. And um, of those calls, he said 80 to 85% of them are alcohol related. Whoa. So the cost of the money that it takes to just run his firehouse, you know, we could have fewer fire trucks, fewer fire stations, fewer, uh, you know, like the, the cost of, and that's not talking about police. That's not talking about doctors. That's not talking about hospitals. Okay. I mean, the financial impact on the U S society because of alcohol is just mind boggling. And when he told me that I was like, Whoa, you're kidding me. And he's like, no, 
they're all alcohol related. Almost, it's very rare for him to get caught out on a scene that is not alcohol related, whether it's traffic or domestic or whatever the case is. And um, yeah, it's just really interesting. And the other thing that you said, you know, that we should just touch on because it's so important, but um, the statistic is that alcohol is in 70% of suicide victims' blood at the time of death. So it's not a joke, you know, it, it really does take away your ability to be that happy go lucky person and experience joy and it dampens and numbs that you cannot numb selectively you can't numb the bad stuff without numbing all the good stuff. No. And then eventually it, it tells your brain that it's the only thing that it needs to feel better. But then eventually as tolerance progresses and the addiction progresses that stops working. And when that stops working and the thing that you thought was the only thing bringing you joy no longer brings you joy, you really feel faced with a joyless life and, and that really can lead to dark and nasty places. And the craziest part about it is that we don't recognize pretty much anywhere along that journey, maybe until the very end, we don't recognize that alcohol was actually the thing. I mean, I very, very vividly remember thinking alcohol is the thing giving me joy it is not definitely the thing taking it away right uh don't make that connection right no i don't i i i didn't really either for a long time and i i, I agree with you i think that's i think that's a hard thing for people to recognize have you read the book a brave new world no i haven't it's on my bookshelf <laughs> Well, you should read it. I think you'd really like it because um, there's, uh, and it's interesting, especially if you have any, you know, conspiracy theories or whatever, but yeah. basically um, there's a substance in a brave new world called Soma. Mm. And it is very reminiscent of what we're doing as a culture with alcohol. Like, you know, there's a lot of really bad stuff happening in our world and we are turning a blind eye by turning on the television and, you know, opening a beer and like that is, you know, you have to wonder like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And I've been asked recently why it's kind of top of mind is I've been asked recently, well, how do you deal with all this stuff? Like, how do you deal with everything that's going on in the world and all the pain that's on the news and all the stuff if you're not drinking? Right. And I was like, well, kind of the point is like, we got to get pissed. Like we got to get upset. We have to feel those emotions because otherwise if we're just drinking, none of us are going to rally and do anything about it. And if we all think that like it's somebody else's issue to solve the government or, you know, anything else, like we're not going to make much progress. You know, we've got to take it upon ourselves really. And it's just so interesting because I think that we experience pain when we see stuff going wrong for a reason. And when we numb that pain, um, stuff can just continue to go wrong, unchecked, rampantly. I mean, I think a lot of the reason that alcohol has got to where it's gotten to is because it's numbed us to the fact that it is what it is. Um, yeah. And that's combined with the fact that it's deceived us into thinking it's the only, it's the duct tape holding our lives together, you know, <laughs> rather than the insidious, um, you know, cracks that are actually breaking everything apart. And so it's kind of this whole, whole, ball of you know mess but well let me ask you the question that i i sort of ask everybody at the yeah. end and and that's really like if you had to you know go back and talk to nate of sort of before you'd made this decision beforehand when you really um felt like 
you know, especially maybe the Nate of when you first got handed the book or talked to, and you're like, no, that's not for me. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you sort of tell him about what life is like to? Um, I mean, I would, not, nothing, nothing drastic, I don't think. Um, but, but really just, you, you have these feelings because like you have these feelings about alcohol for a reason, listen to it. You know, like you have, you have these doubts about whether alcohol is actually adding value to your life. Address that sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's good. I think, you know, stick with your Please gut. Listen. Yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to the voice. Yeah, stick with your gut on, on, on how you think or, or what role you think alcohol is playing in your life because Absolutely. it is deceiving you. Absolutely. I think I wish I would have had that advice for myself too. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's all part of our path and we have to go through it to get where we are and all that sorts of stuff. Yeah. I, I really believe that's true. But on the other hand, man, I had a lot of whispers a lot of years of whispering of, you know, um, something's not right here. Right. And, you know, it would be great to, to listen to that a bit more. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and part of me wishes I could go back and, you know, go back to the Nate before I ran my half, that, that first half marathon, right. And say, you know, like, I would probably use strong language, but like, don't touch the stuff, you know, like look at your life now. Do you like where your life is at now? Like continue to not drink if you, if you want to, if you want your life to look similar. So that, that probably is a more, more um, drastic advice than, than I said before, you know, being handed the book the first time. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nate. This has been yeah. really great. I really appreciate it. It's such a, yeah. a moving story, especially because I think it touches on such an important topic and yeah. one that um, we don't necessarily like to talk about, but yeah. I think it is, is really important. Me too. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.